Hello, my name is Nikki Moffat, and this is the first episode of a new podcast series called Stories Not Stereotypes. I'm an Australian who currently lives in Atlanta, Georgia, USA, in the micro-community of East Cobb. We arrived here about three years ago via a few other locations. Australia, obviously, where we started, Hong Kong, Durban in South Africa, and now we're here in the ATL. After all this moving around and experiencing life in general, it's pretty clear to me that stereotypes can be found pretty much anywhere and everywhere. You can either look and judge, which let's face it, we all might have done at some time and perhaps still do, or you can talk to people and listen and learn. I think everybody has a story to tell. I like to talk and I love talking to people to find out their stories. I'm hoping through this to track and maybe crack a few stereotypes starting right here in East Cobb. I come to the task armed with three years of local experience, a recently updated tennis game which could still use quite a lot of work, and a well-thumbed copy of Wendy Wax's Magnolia Wednesdays, a book which basically lays out an East Cobb stereotype in 431 pages of easy reading chiclet. What I want to introduce to anyone who might be listening, hello family, is an exciting and hopefully very, very, very diverse group of people who live here under the banner of East Cobbers. What you're about to hear is my first interview with Julie. We were going to go with first names only to protect the innocent until we got about two thirds of the way through and started talking about monograms. So listen out for that. We both sound nervous, you can hear a woodpecker on my chimney, the heat turning on and off in my house, and quite a lot of phone vibration activity. It was my first time, so giving me a break in the sound department would be nice. Here we go. The first in a series of conversations looking for hidden gems, interesting facts, and perhaps a giggle or two at our own expense along the way. Stories Not Stereotypes, The East Cobb Chronicles. Now it's working. Is it working? Yes, it's working. Okay. It says mute. Oh, it's right here. Did you know that? Yeah, but it's not flashing, right? No. So if it's flashing, that means okay, it's Okay, then it's not, really mute. Okay. See, because it's doing that, it means that it's working. Okay. All right. Well, Julie. Hi. Hi. Thank you for being the first person to join me on the journey of tracking and cracking the East Cobb stereotype. You're welcome. I'm very excited. Um, you're very brave to be the first East Cobber <laughs> going on record. <laughs> So can you tell us a little bit about yourself? I'm from New York, actually. So I'm one of the Yankees that live down here. Right. And we've been here since 98. Okay. But moved from Colorado. My husband's job okay. moved us here. So it was kind of blind faith because it was him and one other guy. And he started this company. We bought a house on the other side of Cobb. Um, more, it wasn't East Cobb Schools. It was um, City of Marietta, so that's where we had two of the kids and then moved over here. And how many kids have you got? Three. I have uh, 15, 12, and 10. Okay. All boys. All boys. Mm -hmm. So does that mean you have three schools? I do. I have one at Tritt, one at Hightower, and one at Blessed Trinity. Okay. And how busy does that keep you? with drop-offs and pick-ups? You know, I, it was a lot better than I was than I expected. I was really scared at uh, the beginning of summer, or at the end of summer, because I thought, how am I going to do this? Because Dean travels a lot, and 
it actually ended up working out because Mitchell and Jackson's schedules are so similar that we throw Mitchell on the bus, go drop Jackson off, and then Ryan's right in the middle and I get to have some special time with him. Special time? Yeah. That's so nice. <laughs> so you moved from the another part of Cobb. Yes. So I've always wondered what the difference is between Marietta City and Cobb. Um, it's all about the schools. Okay. So um, we... The elementary school that was near us, actually, it was going to be brand new, and Jackson would have been the first class over there. So actually, we were very optimistic, but we had already had our house on the market before they, um, we had our house on the market for about a year. And when we first started, we didn't know about the school. And if we had to stay, we would have been fine. But we had already started falling in love with this side. And, you know, with house hunting, once you start, it's kind of hard to turn back. Yeah. So. So you've been... In your current house now since? Uh, 2002. 2002. Mm-hmm. So all the kids started school here? Yes. Okay, so you're pretty familiar with the elementary yes, school. Yes, I've been at TRIT um, since 2005. Wow. I know. <laughs> I know everybody. So you must know everybody. You must know the good teachers, the bad teachers. Um, Not that there are bad teachers. I say. <laughs> They're all good. They're all good. Every child's meant to have who they have. <laughs> And what about, um, so you obviously like this part of Cobb. I do. And what's so special about it for you? It, it actually has a different feel. My other neighborhood, actually a lot of kids went to private school in my other neighborhood, so there was no connection. Kids, I mean, my kids were still really little, but there wasn't the kids playing out on the street. Uh, there weren't that many play dates even in the neighborhood. And so the moms were more disconnected. So I never really felt like I had friends over there. And right when we moved into this house, it was, you know, come join this part of um, the social committee, come to the pool, come do And it was, it was just more of a network of moms that, you know, when you rely on each other, you know, we all helped each other out with, if you have a sick kid, um, if you need a meal, you need, it was just, it was more loving almost. And do you find that just in your neighborhood or do you find that as a school community? I or? find it as a school community um, because last year there was um, a tragedy in um, one of the moms at Tritt and everybody at the school rallied and their, their house had burnt down. And it was amazing within less than 24 hours. She had clothes for her kids, food, she had a place to stay and um, a fund had been gathered. And it was, it spoke a lot about not only them as a family, but our community, how we rallied behind her. And you think that that, that's maybe special to this area or? Probably not. I mean, I'm sure when something like that happens anywhere, you know, everyone rallies behind a family. Yeah, okay. And what about, so do you think there is an East Cobb stereotype? I didn't really until you showed me that video. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh yeah, I do recognize a little bit of that and I'm probably guilty of some of it. But at the same time, when you're living it, it's hard to say, oh, I'm, I'm you know, I'm one of the stereotypes or... But do, see, here's the thing about stereotypes. I think it's not, it's some stereotypes are mean and unkind and, and that's, that's true. Yeah. But... The, Sometimes it's okay to have fun with a stereotype. Right. And I guess, you know, I think it's more in fun. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, what do you, 
do you think? So no, well, I, I do. I mean, that's that's why I'm interested in it. I mm -hmm. mean, I know I've moved here. I've been here for nearly three years. Everywhere that I've lived, anywhere in the world, it's had a stereotypical micro community. Mm -hmm. I mean, in South Africa, it was about you know the very small part that we lived. It was about you know really yummy mummies and lots of medical uh -huh. enhancements. Enhancements. Um, and you know also kids excelling and having lots of sports and things like that mm -hmm. so I mean and and before that in Hong Kong you know you're an Australian you're an expat you're sort of pigeonholed there as well mm -hmm. but I think it's okay to embrace that part mm -hmm. of the stereotype that you want as long as people understand that you're more than just a stereotype yeah I also think it's because this area for Atlanta this area is so small town I mean you know you can't go to the grocery store without seeing somebody that you know. So even though we're part of Atlanta or a suburb of Atlanta, I feel like we live in a very small town because you know, you'll, even if somebody moves to town, my I have a, uh, a neighbor that just moved in and when she started getting, you know, registering for school and doing all this stuff, she goes, everybody knows you. And I'm like, it's a small town. Everybody knows you, Julie. <laughs> I mean, and it was kind of weird, but or like you're on an email list. And, you know, somebody said, oh, you're Julie's, because, you know, yeah. because you're so involved, you know, a lot of people are involved and, um, and I don't know if that's, I think that's the way it is in most schools. Uh, I feel like that's my job since I don't have a paid job. Right. Your job is to help. be involved. Yes. And help out. So we just watched before, just to explain to people who can't see mm -hmm. what we just saw. We just saw a video um, on YouTube that some high school students have done about the Real Housewives of East Cobb. Mm -hmm. So you said that you could, you thought, you know, okay, I can see that now, and you could relate to a little bit of it, or perhaps you know other people who mm -hmm. could relate to others. So what were the bits, you know, that you thought maybe? Well, as you know, we both play tennis. <laughs> I <laughs> and we're on the same team but I waited till my kids were you know all in school and a little self-sufficient before I even joined a tennis team because I felt it is a big time commitment and uh, I wanted to make sure that you know I could you know let leave the nest and let you know my husband deal with a little bit more of the duties but um, I do like yoga I just started. You just started? I just started in January, so that was kind of funny because um, I really enjoy that. Um, and where do you go? Where do you go for yoga? It's called Empower Yoga down by Goldberg Bagels. Okay. Where's and, Goldberg Bagels? See, these are all things I don't necessarily know. Um, it's down Johnson's Ferry uh, right after Lower Roswell. Okay. And um, it's really... It's not this zen, you know, like you have to be really quiet and get into it. They're really funny. They're going, you know, they'll say stuff like, you know, whatever your kids have been doing that bug you, let it out. Just release that. You're here for just yourself right now. You know, you rock. And I mean, it's more just very upbeat. They're funny. You're, you're laughing while you're doing it. And it's harder than you thought, than you'd think. Yoga you know? is hard. It's really hard. It's hard. I mean, I've been doing it regularly since January and my body still hurts. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's, I think it will always hurt because the point is you push yourself further. Yes. If you can meet that next step. Mm -hmm. One of my good friends in South Africa is a, is a yoga teacher and she, she used to hold private classes on her oh. um, deck, which oh. was very lovely. Um, and that was part of how I... I coped there, but it hurt. It, it hurt. It, it's in a good way. 
hurts so good. <laughs> so tennis and yoga and mm, whatever I can, what else, whatever else I can fit in. It's hard, you know, it's, if I can fit in a run or a run walk, then that, that happens. But you know, yeah, at the end of the day, you still got to be at the bus busy. at 2.30. 2.30, the day's over for me. I'm done. <laughs> See, my day starts at 2.30. Well, that's what I mean. Oh, right. My day is over. Your day. Yes, it's true. <laughs> and it's so funny because people will say, you know, what do you do all day? The, the moms that, you know, work, that get paid to work, I should say. Um, they say, what, you know, what do you do all day? And it's amazing how quickly the day goes. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, for I clean my own house and it's not always perfect, but you know. I figured that's part of my job too. Where do you think the borders of East Cobb are? Because this is like, I've been researching this on the internet and it's very, it, there's a lot of contention about the borders oh, really? of East Cobb. Yeah. Um, I would say it's, this. I would say it's mostly the schools of um, Pope, Walton and Lasseter. Okay. So the districts around the there. Di- I would say it would have to have to do with the districts. Okay. But that could be totally wrong. I'd have no idea. Well, because you know there's like Facebook groups that say East Cobb classifies where you can sell oh, things. Oh, right, yeah. And they say, you know, this transaction must take place in East Cobb. Oh. And there's always notices saying... I, I'll sell to anybody. So, if, you know, if they want to come from West Cobb, I'll take their money. <laughs> but, oh, right. So I think the rule is that you have they have to... They can if come. If they're selling, yeah. They can come, but if they're selling... We can't, pe- people from East Cobb can't be expected to. Uh, oh, that's so silly. Travel. <laughs> hmm. What do you think um, is the best thing about East Cobb or place or thing to do that no one knows? Hmm. I don't know. I, I do love all the restaurants that are in down, but that's Roswell. So that's not really East Cobb. Um, we kind of claim it though. Yeah, we do. <laughs> My address is Roswell, so it's yours. So it's mine. So we kind of, you know, yeah. I like that a little bit. Um, I, I love the new shops that are down at, um, you know, where Seed Restaurant yeah. and Sip. My husband and I love to go to Sip and get their little appetizers and the wine. It's just so cute. That's the, that's not the wine bar next door. Yes, it's Stem. Si- oh, oh, Stem, I'm sorry. Stem. stem. You that's have to right. edit that. What's sip? What's sip? That's something else. I don't know. We should Google that. I know. I know. I feel like there's a place called sip. But no, STEM. I love STEM. STEM is good. So would you say that's like the commercial center of East Cobb? Yes. Merchants Walk Mm -hmm. and that big four-way intersection. Yes. With all that stuff. stuff. Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's, Whole Foods. Mm -hmm. There is no in Target. Yeah. So it's kind of one corner's Trader Joe's, one's Target, one's Whole Foods. In the and Avenue. And one's about to be Dick's Sporting Goods. I know. That's yeah. exciting. East Cobb needs a sports store. Yeah, they do. With so many children playing sport. Oh my goodness. In the whole baseball thing that's here? Yes. So East Cobb is famous for baseball. Yes. We do Can not tell it. a little bit about um, that? I would say that my family made a pretty definite choice not to do baseball. Okay. I feel sorry for the their scheduling because we we're a lacrosse family and our schedule is you know you practice two days a week and you have a game on Saturday and baseball it's their practice schedule is so inconsistent it changes from week to week from what I hear and I don't I can't operate like that I need to know you know you know how my whole entire season's gonna play out with three boys absolutely because I've had since Dean travels. I've had 
seasons where all three boys had practiced at the exact same time in three different locations. Yeah. So carpooling is a big thing. Carpooling is a huge thing. Got to rely on your sisters. Yeah. (laughs) So another thing about that, that there's a book called Magnolia Wednesdays Uh that Wendy Wax wrote and she's a local author, I think, but she's written a lot more books than that, but it's stereotypes East Cobb in a way, you know, and, but one of the things she writes about is that you can tell what someone does or what they are by the magnets on their car. Oh, that's interesting. What would you say about that? Oh, um, do you have magnets on your car? No, but that's because it's new. <laughs> um, but you know, uh, what elementary school and middle school and high school your kids go to, whether you've run a half marathon or a full marathon. Because I have a 26.2 magnet on my car. I actually have a 13.1. And just for the record, I was third from last. (laughs) Not a joke. But you know what? I'm still proud. Oh, and you should be. (laughs) I mean, I ran my marathon over five hours, but I still beat the time that Katie Holmes ran it in. (laughs) So I feel pretty good about that. And I think I ran it the same year as Pamela Anderson, the New York Marathon in 2013. So... Yes, I'm proud of my, my magnet. Oh, man, it was the first thing I bought after I, I did it. I actually researched it before I read it. <laughs> and, you know, and it was, it was a huge deal. I mean, I did it with a girlfriend that we, within the past three months before the race, had just pretty much gotten to know each other. And now she's one of my favorite people in the whole world because we spent four hours walking. Yeah. You know, I mean... You bear your soul. It's a long way. <laughs> it is. It was so much fun, though. And I did it again this year because it was just such a fun experience. To monogram, yes or no? Yes. Yes? Yes, I love monograms. And, and I don't get to do it very often because I have three boys. Yeah. So. So are there sporting goods bags monogrammed? Or um, how do you fit monogram into your life with three um, boys? With three boys, because they all share everything because um, of hand-me-downs, everything says Sevy. Right. And if it gets left somewhere, it could be mine, it could be Dean's, it could be the boys. It's like, what, well, Sevy. <laughs> Plus, a lot of people call me Sevy. Right, well, there you go. Yeah, I mean. Because they see you monogram bags everywhere. No, I mean, <laughs> you know, my trainer uh, called, me Se- called me Sevy. Some other girlfriends, I'm Sevy. Right. Not Julie. Okay. So it works. It works. Mm-hmm. What about advice to newcomers to East Cobb? What should they do? What should they look out for? Um, don't be intimidated when people want to know which church you're going to. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Put that right out there. Because that's one of the first questions most people get asked. That is so true. (laughs) And can I say, coming from Australia and coming from other countries where I did not know where my friends went to church, (laughs) it is pretty in your face. Yeah. Um, and it, it's, it's full on. But, but I, I, I've come to understand that um, going to church and going to Bible study and regularly and things like that, it, it's kind of like book club mm-hmm. in that... It's social. It's social. So it's, it's a huge part of people's social mm-hmm. lives. Mm-hmm. And actually, that's the part I actually appreciate because I think you're setting a great example for your kids. You're giving them some guidance, some spirituality, and it's not something they're going to dread because, I mean, even my kids, oh, church. But 
my teenage son goes to church probably more than I do because he sees his friends, because there's a life teen mass every Sunday night, and he has a ball. They make it so much fun, and you can't argue with that because, you know what, he's not cruising the neighborhood and doing into things that he shouldn't be doing. Right. You know, and they have a purpose. They're setting, they're teaching those kids um, to do philanthropic work, and they do a ton of volunteer, and... They do, lo- like, lots of... Um... <laughs> Can you tell I don't go to church? Missionary work where they yes. go overseas to mm-hmm. places. Which and... is good because it's teaching their, the kids that the, the world is bigger than East Cobb and that not everyone has an iPad. Yeah, really? I mean... <laughs> Are you serious that everyone has an iPad? I mean, and has an iPhone when they're 12 years old. Yeah. Have any of your children done done that kind of uh, Yes. Trip? Uh, Jackson, my oldest is the only one that's done things like yep. that. Um and he's had a blast. I have kind of homebodies. Yeah. So my middle son will probably do, get a little bit more brazen when he's uh, a little bit older. And he'll, he's, he's grown up a lot, but he, he likes to be at home with his, his mom and dad. Nothing wrong with that. No, I, I kind of like it. Um, and then Mitchell will be, you know, setting the world on fire because that's just his personality. Right. Baseball we talked about because it has mm-hmm. a lot of um, practices and there are things called travel teams, uh-huh. which is like a super competitive mm-hmm. environment. And you said you're a lacrosse family. Yes. And lacrosse also has travel teams, right? Yes. Um, and we, st- we actually did that for the first time last year. Right. We did a team that it was kind of a happy medium where it was only four weeks during the summer. Okay. Which is still a challenge, but two of the boys did it. And um, there were only three tournaments. Two were here locally. One was in Charlotte. And we made it kind of like a little mini vacation. This year, we're doing the exact same one, but only one of the boys will participate. He wanted to do the one that was more intense, but we told him no because there's four other people in the family. And you are a committed him. lacrosse family though, because we are also a lacrosse family, but we uh-huh. are a new lacrosse family. We right. only have one of two players. Uh-huh. Um, and at the information night for parents, I saw your husband was there as a coach. Yes. So he, he coaches one of the teams. He coaches one and is an assistant for another. Right. So yes. he's out of the house a lot during the week. Yes. In the evenings. Yes. Um, but it's actually helped to me because then I don't have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> It, it's tough, though, because um, last season, he was gone four nights a week just doing lacrosse. That was yeah. hard. But, you know, he he really, really enjoys it. And what what do you... Um, do you read any local news? Like, how do you get your news? Do you read news, like, about lo- the local area, or do you sort of do Atlanta-wide or I'm, national news? I'm horrible. I am the most uneducated person when it comes to current events. Okay. It took me a week before I found out John Ritter died. Okay. <laughs> my mother is the one that probably gives me most of my current events because she watches Good Morning America. Okay. So <laughs> It's like, embarrassing. <laughs> it's embarrassing. For things that happen around here, though, how do you find out about that? Or just because... You mean Julie, gossip you, stuff? No, or? not gossip. No, I mean like the development at the end of the road. Oh. Or, um, you know, if they're going to change the school rules and not teach... Oh, right. Whatever. I do, well, I guess because I am involved in a lot of things, I do hear, but it's, I mean, it's mostly rumor. Yeah. You know, so you never know if it's true or not because I'm not finding out through the internet or 
Not that everything on there is true, but... Um, the internet is gospel. I know. You know, I read it there, so it's true. It's fact. Um, but, you know, I'm on the board of the PTA, so I do find out a lot of stuff that goes on at school. Um, and actually, I started that probably six years ago. And it is amazing. Most people who are not involved there's a lot of information that goes through that you might not be aware of and just sitting in those meetings and they're not always a lot of fun but you do find out some of the changes that that are going to go on at school we're uh, having a whole new parking lot done at hightower really year. they're completely regut- gutting it revamping and doing everything wow mm-hmm. it, over the summer so it doesn't over the summer. uh-huh trit's getting rid of the annex and making it a permanent structure wow yeah there's See, lots going on. Meetings, meetings. <laughs> I've always thought that the PTA is a perfect, it could be a good reality show. You know, moms oh, of the PTA. Yeah, that would be kind of funny. Because do you think there's a stereotype of people that... I think people think there is, but these women, I would never be PTA president because it's such a thankless job. You, you, It's probably more hours than a nine-to-five where someone gets paid. It's so hard you have to be extremely organized which i do not think i am um so i like to be a little worker bee and just say you know what what do you need help with i'm on hospitality for both schools so yeah you know me i can always i can always host a party (laughs) i saw you at the international night at the elementary school um dropping off the food for the america yes booth yeah so do you want to share what america's national food oh my gosh it was horrible Coca-Cola. Yes. Maybe that, that might have been an Atlanta thing. And uh, potato chips, I think. And then I think they were hot dogs. Oh, isn't that horrible? But I was serving Vegemite sandwiches and oh. fairy bread. So. I haven't heard good things about that either, so I can't... I didn't... See, yeah. In the Australia room, that's where we were at. <laughs> but that's why the kids... So I think that's the only reason the kids go to International Night is for the food. The food is very good. Mm-hmm. Very good. And I've got a question that's always bothered me. Why do you think Cobb is separated into east and west and not north and south? Is it because of I-75? I don't know. (laughs) Is it because of I-75? I bet it's because of I-75. Right. Because that splits it. Yeah. North and south. I think so. Oh, east and west? Yeah. So the 75 splits it. So we could say that the one border of East Cobb is the 75. Because, yeah, because Smyrna is Cobb. Right. And that's really, and it keeps going even further than oh, that. Oh, I've it's been so somewhere far. in Cobb, in Marietta, that took me an hour. Yeah, West Miller Park or whatever, J. Miller or whatever park. It was yeah, far. It was far. So I think that's another thing people don't realize if they don't live in Atlanta or if they don't live mm-hmm. where we live. Like, when you live in other places, somewhere is like 10 minutes away, that's a local place. Mm-hmm. Here, like 20 minutes is a local place. Yeah. Because there's no public transport in our area not in our area and there's and everyone drives mm-hmm. and everywhere's big so there's a lot of strip malls there's a lot of yeah you know there's a lot of stuff going I think on it's like that everywhere though don't you i, I don't know i mean I mean, i've only ever lived here in america <laughs> i've lived in other countries where that's not but i mean in america i haven't yeah. lived anywhere so <laughs> but what about colorado was it's all same? it's the same it's all and new york where you came from um, New York, I lived in upstate, which was more, it was broken out more into little villages like Roswell. Yeah. So you would have your little village and then, 
and then you would have all your homes and you know in that the village of Pittsford then you have a village of Fairport and you have all their little homes so it was but it was there I don't think there was as many strip malls right um but I'm sure now there are I mean that was 25 years ago do you go by very often no because my parents don't live there anymore okay do they live they live somewhere Walmart no well, a little bit. Louisville, but they have 12 inches. Okay, what's one routine, perhaps something small but regular, that you and your family do together? Hmm. Um, I don't know. We're so busy. It's hard to have, you know, just... Yeah. I guess, you know, when kids are little, you have more because you have mm-hmm. the bedtime routine yeah. and things like that. Whereas um, now... Ours is a lot of times at home, you know, on Friday or Saturday night. Uh, we've created the basement into their little movie room and they get to pick whatever they want for dinner and they all have to decide on a movie and we scurry them down to the basement and then Dean and I do a date upstairs. That's so nice. And we've done that since they were babies. And so they all have to agree on the movie Mm -hmm. and they watch together? Yes. And then they they usually come up and we're already done with our dinner. Okay. (laughs) The date's just dinner? There's nothing else about <laughs> No, that's just dinner. <laughs> just... Who knows? And a bottle of wine. Oh, of, course. <laughs> of course. That's important. Are there any issues you have about East Cobb? Like, you know, you've talked about what a great place it is to be, what a sense of community it has, mm-hmm. the great schools. Um, is there something wrong with it? Uh... I don't think, I mean, I don't know because I do love it here so much. Um, I hate how competitive things get, but I think that's just our society in general. I think you would move anywhere. It's, I think school is harder for kids now. I think it, it's it's not the same slow pace that we had growing up, I don't think. And I hate that for my kids, but at the same time, it's so easy to fall into it because, like the little video said, you know, you're not doing well. Because I had a friend who, her son, his freshman year of high school, got one B. And he was 79th in his class. And I just, that breaks my heart that, you know, they're working so hard and it still might not be good enough. And another friend um, whose daughter was fortunate enough to get into Georgia, her best friend didn't get in and she had a three or a 4.0, you know, and that, that's hard, I think. I don't know if that's an East Cobb thing. Well, I think, I don't know, I, I don't understand the American college system, but I read that colleges like to take the top 10% of the class. Oh. And the thing about high schools here is, is that... These are smart kids. They're smart kids, so it's not the top 10% of the class that are actually mm-hmm. getting the great marks. You know, the great marks go down to maybe the top 75% of the class. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know, but I, I got the feeling that that's why some kids are not getting into the colleges they want to get into. Yeah. They're going to good schools, but it's super hard. Yeah when you go to a good school to actually get into a good college. I heard even the kids put, you know, in middle school specifically, they put so much pressure on themselves and the teachers are, you know, recognizing all the stress, the amount of stress that's happening at Hightower. I have a child that puts no pressure on himself. <laughs> and the other day there was a, a um, an assignment that they had to do and he, he wasn't doing it in class. So I said to his teacher, well, can he bring it home and I can supervise him doing it? And she said, unfortunately, he can't bring it home because there are parents that do the children's work for them or hire tutors for specific assessment-related things. Uh-huh. I was like, I would love to care that much about my sixth graders. 
English language arts assessment, but okay, I understand why oh. you're not going to send it home. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, I'm glad that the teachers recognize because I've seen projects at the elementary school level that I think the teacher should just turn right around and say, go tell your mom that she did a really good job, but I would like for you to do it next time. Do you remember the internet thing from a few years ago? It was called a meme. Do you know what a meme no, is? No. Well, a meme is like a picture and it has words on it. And anyway, this had six boxes that says, um, what my friends think I do, what my mum thinks I do, <sighs> what society thinks I do. Uh-huh. Do you remember that one? Uh-huh. If we had that for East Cobb. Okay. So there's a box that says, what my friends think I do, what my mum thinks I do, what society thinks I do, what my partner thinks I do what I think I do, what I actually do. Oh, and that's usually the uh-huh. funny picture. <laughs> I think the last picture would be me on Pinterest. <laughs> <laughs> but my mother would think that I have, you know, carrying the weight of the world. Oh. That's what, yeah, so. Got that's very it. sweet. And what about your husband? What do you think he thinks you do? I think, huh. I don't know. He. He might be faking it, but he he act, he, he knows I, I do a lot. Because I go out of town enough to where he has to pick up the slack. So I think he knows what happens, you know, if I don't do it. It's kind of like that. There was a greeting card that, or a cartoon or something that said, this is what happens when mommy doesn't do what mommy does. And the house is all, you know, a mess. The kids aren't dressed. There's no food. And, you know, one's pooping in the yard or something like that. That's what happens. When mom doesn't do her job. When she decides to take a day off or she's sick or something. How long till you have another driver in your house? Exactly a year. He turned 15 a couple days ago. Okay. So does that mean he gets his learner's? Yeah, he gets his learner. We'll go next week to get his learner's permit. Okay. And how are you feeling about that? I'm excited. I think he... I I took him out driving a few weeks ago and he did horrible. Um, (laughs) But... um, you know, Where did you take him? Where did I, you took him take the, to... I took him to the parking lot at Lasseter. There was one car and he almost hit it. <laughs> it was hilarious. Um, he was so nervous. It was cute. But um, I'm excited because I think it'll, it'll help out a lot. It does. I mean, kids get their licenses really young here compared to what I'm used to. Oh, really? Yeah. But we have a drinking age of 18. And I uh, think people have to wait far too long here to... To drink. To drink. That, well, they don't wait. It's a purpose. <laughs> you know, it says 21, but honestly. Really? People don't wait. Oh, please. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we get our licenses in Australia when we turn 17. Oh, okay. So another year. Another year. And, you know, uh, there's not really driving to school and stuff like that. So here, uh-huh. everyone drives to school pretty much, uh-huh. like, for their last two years of school. Or, uh-huh. like, the bus is just full of, like, freshmen. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Because everyone else I know. gets a lift. If my kids were at public school, well, Jackson is not. The other two I haven't decided. Um, he would be on the bus. Yeah. But because right. I have to drive him every day, it's more incentive for me to let him. But we'll see what happens. Because if he's still scaring me on the road, that's not happening. It's not guaranteed. <laughs> well, it's another year. Yeah. He's got plenty of time. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see. Well, thank you very much. I know you have to go and have a lunch. (laughs) Do a lunch. Lunch with ladies. Lunch with ladies. So thank you very much for your time. And thanks for being our first guest. You're welcome. It was fun. (laughs) 
So there you have it. Julie's take on East Cobb. What do you think? Do you know where the real East Cobb borders are? Do you have any magnets on your car? How many? Take a picture and put it on the Facebook page. Or make a comment on storiesnotstereotypes.com. Any feedback you might have is greatly appreciated. I'd love to hear from you, your ideas about what you want to learn from these people about East Cobb, who you might like to hear interviewed, or just basically anything you've got to say. You can go to the Facebook page, Stories Not Stereotypes, or to the website, storiesnotstereotypes.com and share your thoughts. Today's episode of the East Cobb Chronicles is sponsored by East Cobb Active Release. You can find Dr. Donna Anaselli online at www.eastcobactiverelease.com. That has all the contact details there. I can personally vouch for Donna's skill set. She's helped me through several injuries and I've also taken my son to see her. My son has some sensory issues and isn't always the easiest patient in a new environment, especially one involving quite a bit of touching. Donna was fantastic with him and his praise of the highest order is that he would return. East Cobb Active Release, Chiropractic Care, Active Release Techniques, and Massage Therapy. You can find Donna again on Facebook at East Cobb Active Release or online at www.eastcobactiverelease.com. Thanks and see you next time.